Hello, welcome to another McLaren Fans podcast. Uh, joining me, as always, is Sarah. Say hello, Sarah. Hello, Sarah. Uh, we've also got Mark Taylor. Hello, Mark. Hello, Andy. Hello, everyone else. And uh, Andy Robinson. Hi, Andy. Hey, everyone. All right. Yeah, uh, we've got a few things to kind of go through today. Um, we're recording this uh, about two, two and a half hours after the results of the cost cap have come out. And uh, needless to say, it's a bit of a hot topic out there in the world at the minute, uh, especially since it seems that Red Bull have spent a little too much on their Tesco sandwich meal deals than everyone else. <laughs> Christian Horner must have had a hell of a pan of chocolate for that Exactly, much. yes. So, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, the cost cap, 5%, we reckon that it's, you know, kind of... It, a minor breach and a procedural breach. Uh, that five percent could add up to seven and a half million pounds. Actually, that's a lot of money. That's a yeah. good good number of new wings. And I wonder wow. if that's what they've done. I wonder if they put like spicy Red Bull wings on the uh, the menu. And actually, what they've done is come out with actually some some wings that have gone on the car that are spicy <laughs> instead of ones that you eat. Not not chicken wings. Yeah, not chicken wings. It's, uh... Carbon what, what, what I'm interested to see is what they're actually going to reveal on this because the FIA promised transparency and so far this is a crock of shit because we're getting <laughs> funny funny releases over time. We're getting rumours and we've got Christian Horner on television going, this is defamation, this isn't true. Uh, it is true, it turns out a week later. Thank you. And then now we're getting sort of wimbly press releases that don't give us the facts. I think there should be full transparency. So I have a one of them real jobs in the real world, or not a McLaren fan. And my budget for my department is in the millions. And I get audited. We have the bank, the, the bank come in, they look at all of our spending and they audit us to the penny. And yep. we have to prove where it comes, where what we've spent it on, what it is. There's no way around that. Apart from saying oh, I've bought a TV, it could have been a monitor. Right? Everything is audited. I want to. I, I would love to know how they've managed to put a new ring, a new wing, down as a plate of sandwiches for a Grand Prix because that is incredible. <clears throat> yeah, but it's, uh, allegedly creative accounting on a good level. That isn't it. <laughs> I, I mean, pe- people get fired for creative accounting. Yes. I did see an, an ex-Red Bull member of staff say that a lot of his colleagues that he'd worked with, um, there'd been a lot of redundancies because of the cost cap, as there have been at all of the teams. You know, we, we hear that. But he was disappointed to see that even though people had lost their jobs, they'd still overspent, which puts the whole thing in jeopardy. He he said that that really annoyed him. And, yeah, it's, I, I don't know. You just think, would, what would five million buy you? Would five million have bought us a place higher up in the table if we'd have done that at McLaren? And if all you're going to get is a slap on the wrist, then it was worth doing, wasn't it? Do it a million times. If it's going to cost you 50 grand, do it a million times. Absolutely. And there's if if a rear wing is 0.2 millimeters too too much change in the DRS or too wide or too narrow, that's disqualification. Yep. Yeah, and that's only 0.2 millimeters. That's not five million. 
Yeah. If you underfuel your car by the tiniest amount and it can't give the sample at the end of the race, disqualification. So, you know, I hate to state the obvious, but surely if you overspent in 2021, you shouldn't be world champion for 2021, should you? Mm. I'm sure the calculation was done at some point, you know, recently or or a few years ago as to how much, you know, money equates to a tenth of a second. And, you know, let, let's say for argument's sake is, yeah, a million pounds is a tenth of a second. Even if it's half a tenth of a second, then yeah. whoever it is is overspent is already at least a quarter of a second quicker than, than the next team along. Yeah. Which and, is that, very- and that over a race is quite a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Or over a qualifying lap, it's... Yeah. One lap in Monaco, that, that tenth of a second is different between 25 and 18 points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So are we um are we all agreed that we think it sucks? I, I think it does suck, but I also think that what we're all probably sat here wondering is what happens next. Because none of that is clarified either. And nope. I think we've all been in this, you know, following F1 long enough to kind of know that what probably happens next is probably not a lot. And that's the disappointing thing, especially when a lot of the sort of furore around when it was brought in was, if you break this, you will be disqualified. You will have this. And I think it would be harsh to disqualify them. But then again, there has to be some sort of penalty to deter other teams from doing it in the future. If I was working at another team now and I was in charge of the budgets and stuff like that, and I see Red Bull get a hand slap because it's, oh, it's the first time they've done it. They didn't quite understand properly. Or, you know, I'd be, one, I'd be furious and then I'd be thinking, how can I do that next year and get away with it? 100%. And at that point, it makes an absolute farce and mockery of the cost cap and it might as well not be there. Do you so not that- feel that Toto and the others are going to be pushing, campaigning, to have something more done, whatever comes out of this, because I certainly I, would be if I was a team principal of another team. I, I don't think it's important, Sarah, who who it is is who, who's done this. You know, who, whoever, whether it's you know, we, we know that it's Red Bull, but but I think <clears> if, it was, if it was Mercedes, then I think the rest of the grid would feel exactly the same. Dare I say it? If it was us. Then, then, then we would expect the, the same treatment that, that everyone else gets. As, as a fan of McLaren, if it was us, I'd be highly disappointed that that's happened. Absolutely. I'd be, I'd be gutted and I'd be thinking, well, you know, how, have we bought a place in the championship? Have we cheated? Do what I other have rules? a team that cheats? If we've broken this rule, what other rules are we breaking? Like yeah. the, um, the wind tunnel usage is done pretty much on an honour system. Uh, people... You report, yourself report the wind tunnel usage. Who says we're not putting an extra 100 hours in on the wind tunnel? Yeah. Um, it, it's it, about it, morals and integrity. And uh, I don't know, you start to feel that if a team is prepared to do that, they haven't got any. Yeah. I think pro- I'm not sure. Pretty all so old enough to, to sort of know the Norman Stanley Fletcher from Porridge defence. You know, we're all here for the same reason we got caught. You know, Red Bull have got caught. Um, and, and they might use it well everyone's doing it in some shape or form well you know for goodness sake that's what the rules are there for in the first place 
And if they're going to start, if, if they were to start sort of throwing around accusations like that, then, then they'd have to prove it. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I mean, if you if you are, let's say, Porsche or Audi, mm-hmm. and you're on the outside looking in, wanting to come into the sport, thinking, oh, there's a cost cap, we can work within that. And then you see something like this happen. Do you then back away a little bit more? Do you then get a little bit of cold feet? Do you start thinking, actually, you know what? Funny that, you know, obviously there was strong rumours of the Red Bull sort of Porsche thing happening. And then that dropped, yeah. you know, a couple of months ago. I wonder if, you know, they're going to have had to look at some sort of due diligence between them. I wonder if that came up then a little bit. Who knows? I mean, I suppose but... You could say the same for some existing manufacturers. and I'm sure Mercedes are in F1 at a bit of a loss. and They'll be saying, well, we don't need this to sell any more cars than we already do. Yeah. So one of the interesting things with Mercedes coming out was that Mercedes made the record profit this year and they had no financial input from Daimler Group to the Mercedes F1 team. Not a penny was put into the Mercedes F1 team from the parent group because of the cost cap. It proves that the model works. If you're successful, you don't need all the money being given to you. Um, I thought that, that was shocking when I saw that, that they hadn't had to live off of subsidies from the parent group. That was brilliant. Um, the thing I do want to bring up, though, is the way the FIA are doing this. They've pushed back the announcement three days, and it was meant to be done at lunchtime, then two o'clock came, three o'clock came, and now they've not even got the answer. They, they've got the problem. They, they've told us what the problem is, but they haven't given us the solution and the punishment or the answer to what the problem is. And it's just um, just not very professional. Oh, we've just lost Sarah, I think. Well, not very professional, is it? Let's be honest. <laughs> Podcast imitating life, I think. But... Yeah, yeah. Uh, she'll be back. Um, yeah. I I just wish they're transparent. I, I mean, we'll, we'll get onto the race from Japan in a bit, where the last lap saw three massive issues that just got swept under the carpet because Max needed to win the World Championship that weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, let's uh, let's wait for Sarah to go back and then we'll go on to uh, still a financial sort of thing but um, I want to re- then sort of talk a little bit about Silverstone tickets and what's happening with that and how what a mess that is right hopefully we've got Sarah back now yeah, sorry about that. I do now live in a field, so obviously I come and go. <laughs> All right. Well, well, we're just we're just saying there that we're just wrapping up the uh, the cost cap chat, and we're going to talk a little bit about um, Silverstone tickets now. So, Ooh. um, I think we've all been to Silverstone before, haven't we, for the Grand Prix? Some of us yep. many times. Yes. Yep. Yep. A few times. Always been. A, uh, you know. Let's be honest. What. I've, fantastic event it's normally been and a lot of like-minded fans great atmosphere lots of facilities put on car parking sometimes can be a bit of a nightmare but you know generally over the weekend it's a cracking f1 weekend uh personally i've always liked to kind of be a little bit cheeky take the friday off work get a 80 quid 
um, GA ticket on the Friday. You get to see two lots of um, sort of uh, practice sessions, have a bit of a wander about, sit in loads of the stands, get a bit of atmosphere, enjoy it. And then every now and then I've done a full weekend as well. Um, however, this year they decided to put out a ticketing system that as time went on, the tickets that you wanted went up in price. Uh, and also you were put in a queue. So what you clicked on buy now was you know, not necessarily going to be the price of the ticket when you got through that queue to the other end. Whoever's come up with this at Silverstone wants to really have a word with themselves. I mean, first of all, it just doesn't seem like a fair way to do it. Um, I'm all for the idea of early bird tickets or people who've been there the year before getting a discount if they're booking in the weeks sort of after the race from the last one and stuff like that. But to have something like this, which is, I hate to use the word, no, I don't hate to use the word actually. It's actually just robbery of fans, yeah. of ticket prices. How much were they going to go up to? You know, it, it's, it, yeah, they're going to sell out, but you put a, let's say, you know, an £85 Friday ticket in your basket, you've queued for three hours on the website, and then when you come to pay for it, it's twice the amount. No, thanks. Bugger off. That's not what I want. And don't forget the £99 membership to be able to buy your ticket two days early, which then you feel obliged to try and buy. Don't forget that Thursday is now not included in your ticket as well, and you're probably going to have to pay for that. Then you might want some inner track tickets and so on and so on. £60 to park. It's it's just getting ridiculous. It's just so, yeah, yeah. The, too the, much. The membership thing, great, hugely, because everyone that bought the membership, myself included, I'm, I'm the idiot that did that. We bought it purely for early access to tickets to buy the tickets as cheap as they would possibly go. Now, I'm also a member at Goodwood and Goodwood membership is 79 quid, but you get stuff for it. You get uh, newsletters every quarter and in the newsletter, they tell you what your benefits are going to be and how the extras you get. So you get extra grandstands, you get early access, you get free entry to tickets. You get, you get lots of things with a Goodwood membership and it's yeah, 79 quid a year, but you know, it's, it's got the benefits of it. You get um, free tickets to uh, a couple of the meetings, the, the good meetings as well. Silverstone, they've kind of thrown the membership together and gone, give us 100 quid for early access, and that's pretty much it. it there's 10% off and there's access to other things, but it's not a brilliant membership scheme. Um, I bought it. Uh, I, I, I go with my family every year. We camp. We, we do the whole kit and caboodle for four or five days, um, and so there's four tickets. I bought it on the assumption that each ticket I was going to buy was going to go by at least 25 quid. And the tickets that we bought uh, two days later when they were in general release were 160 quid more each. Wow. Yes, the person sat next door to us is going to have to spend 160 quid more to sit in exactly the same stand, exactly the same seat. And the worst thing is we're in cops People sat on the floor in front of cops, spent more to sit there than I did for my seat. Yeah, and that's that just doesn't make sense. But 
they've, they've, you know, they obviously know that it's going to sell out, so they've gone with this system. But you know, there's people, yeah, there's a lot of people I'm seeing that have gone right. Well, I'm not going to Silverstone this year. I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to go to Budapest. I'm going to go to Monza. Or I'm going to go to Spa or something like that. You know, it's. I mean. I mean that's all through the Silverstone website. What what was, you know, what's the deal with when you buy the tickets through F1 dot com? The the maximum price as well. Look at Via Gogo. Right. People were selling GA tickets for five hundred quid. What? Yeah. Kidding. We probably remember you could get a GA ticket for fifty quid on the door like ten years ago if if you were spending a lot of money. yeah, just different. It, my parents, who I go with, um, they've said next year we should go somewhere else. Yeah. Because we can go on holiday and it's just going to be nicer and not a hassle. And this year they might sell out. I think a lot of people will make plans for next year to go elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I think like you said at the top, yeah, it, it will still sell out because there are people who are probably daft enough to pay those prices. But it just feels so tone deaf from from Silverstone in the times that we're living in at the moment. I'm yeah. not specifically saying that they need to, you know, reduce the prices any more than they were last year, perhaps. But like I said, given, given where the whole world is at the moment, it just it just feels like you said, like like daylight robbery. It it, it automatically prices out the people who, you know, were the best one in the world can't afford to go to 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 races like like some other people will be able to and will save up all year you know the, the, the dad and the lad going sort of thing you know who you know and, and that's and that's the lad's christmas present yeah yeah i have a friend who asked me um about uh tickets and how they would go about getting them for their son's christmas present mm-hmm. and i pointed them in the directions um of that and then when they saw the membership stuff come out they went oh we're going to try something else instead it's too expensive already when I say that mother daughter or dad yeah (laughs) just speaking from experience aren't we Mark Um, BTCC this weekend was like uh, 30 quid for a ticket my Silverstone ticket was 10 times that yeah and that's that's the mick take that really is Um, yeah I, I just think it's a bit immoral. Um, from the man that was thanking us for keeping him alive during COVID to the yeah. man now thanking every penny we've possibly got. Yeah. And it's not as if they publish their, their financials and say, we made all, we have to pay this many millions for F1 and yeah. we've just broken even this year. They're making profits. Mm. Exactly. What about you, Sarah? What do you think? Well, you kind of know my thoughts because... <sighs> I prefer to go to somewhere like Barcelona or Hungary and spend my money having a holiday as well as going to the Formula One, you know. Um, Silverstone is a great crack when I'm there with a a nice bunch of people like you, but I'm not the biggest fan of camping. And at the end of the day, I, I don't know, I just... It starts to leave a bad taste in your mouth. There's only so many times they can say, oh, but we're not subsidised. We have to pay for all of this ourselves. Well, sorry about that, guys, but there's only so much we can do. You know, there's a, a reasonably large financial crisis going on around our country and not everyone can afford 
to to pay that much money it's it's just too much um yeah and i i just think they they're starting to minimize the way people can enter the sport being a fan of the sport you know like you say going along on a friday that kind of thing yeah. uh, giving it a taster seeing what you think like when we used to go mm. to testing pay to go to testing it just just feels like they're shutting doors on people and they're making it all about money yeah the last time I went was the 2017, I think it was, and that was the time that me and Andy went down on, on the coach. And we, we got the coach from Wakefield, I think it was, about six in the morning, had a hotel room for the night, two uh, you know, general GA tickets for the Saturday and the Sunday. We upgraded to like the you know the, the middle um, paddock seats, I think it was. And I think we each got changed out of about £300. Yeah. You know that's that's how much people are paying for a for, for a single day. I mean, admittedly, the coach isn't something that we'd experience again. And we do again, so based on experience, but that, that's probably for another podcast. But uh, but yeah, it's just just in that short time, how much it's it's gone up is is absolutely insane. Yeah, yeah. Right, let's move on. Um, let's talk a bit more about the last two races that we've had now. Um, let's start with Singapore, and then we'll move on to Japan. Um, uh, what, I'd like, what I'd like to say is that you're kind of almost a yin and a yang of races if you, if you look at both of them. So obviously, Singapore, we did what we needed to do, maximised our results that weekend. Yes, all right, there was like, safety cars, people could, you know, sort of uh, not finishing the race for whatever reason and that. But you've got to be there and you've got to be in the right time, the right strategy and everything else to take advantage of that. And I think we did that absolutely excellently well. Um, And I think that we did everything we needed to do right that weekend. Maybe we didn't have the um, sort of fourth and fifth fastest car of the weekend at all but um we we got some good points and that sort of uh pushed us up a little bit more to make it a bit more of a tasty challenge with Alpine over the last sort of few races coming up but as I said it's always going to kind of swing one way and swing the other and stuff like that we've seen it happen in the past um for me it just feels pretty obvious that we've moved away from this year's car development and everything else towards whatever we're doing for next year. I, th- I do believe we put some po- some parts on for Singapore. For I think we put them on Lando's car and not Daniel's. And they were um, really f- more for the development and see what they acted like on a car for next year's. Um, so hopefully, hopefully that's a good sign that we'll get some benefit from that. Um as for the sort of race weekend, it was good to be back in Singapore. It's one of my favourite tracks. Um, yeah. I think it always looks amazing under the lights. And the fact as a fan, you can get really close to the car, closer to the cars that you can in any other circuit. Um, I'd like to say that you can feel the wind in your hair as they go past, but I'm slightly <laughs> challenged. Lack of hair, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> So you, you say about the um, return to Singapore. There's that. There's the one picture of Danny Rick going under the underpass, 
with the lights lights above, the lasers above, and he's in the OKX livery McLaren, mm. and it just looked bang on. It, I, I'm a fan of the OKX livery to start with. I thought that was a, a not a, a lot. Some of it was subtle, could have been a bit louder, but it was a, a nice upgrade. Uh, not, well, livery upgrade, not not performance, but um, that <laughs> under the lights under the bridge was just lovely, lovely picture. That yeah, one. Yep. I I mean that livery was is interesting. Obviously, it's for these two races and stuff like that. Um, but it's, you know, um, I guess this is what we're doing now. We're selling to our sponsors. It's um, partner activation. Partner. Oh, partner. You know, right. Oh, okay. We've got a way KX are our principal partner. Yeah. They are, are the most money into the team right now. Right. And um, we've given them a lot of coverage. It's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, Danny Rick's think, on the advert with the badger, isn't he? Do you, Do you think also um, Velo isn't um, as popular on the side of a car, or are there any rules about tobacco and nicotine products in those areas that might mean that this was an opportunity to try a different sponsor for that reason? Uh, possibly, or it could be that these two markets are probably the biggest markets for OKX. Yeah, could be. Um, could be. Yeah, you know, it's, but I like I like this idea of you know that maybe every year we're going to get a little special livery. Um, yes, all right, driven by some one of our sponsors, but you know, um, you know, it's very much a, a sponsorship game, isn't it? And if we can sell that and and use it as a selling point on our car to get more people interested in sponsoring us, um, you know possibly that helps against cost caps um and things like that but yeah you know um i like the uh, the thing is that i like the what they did with all of the golf stuff where we got the merch as well um and i think they might have missed a little bit of a trick with this one because the the luminous pink on the black looked pretty good and could have worked very well as like a mclaren sort of like i don't know sort of neon sort of tokyo under the lights sort of thing make it big make it massive the the t-shirt they brought out which i have got um is on the back it's the spray paint pink okx and the front's very subdued you're right they could have gone massive on the tokyo they could have done like full-on go go for it but they've gone for a subdued look which i don't know if i don't think that's what okx are actually after because they're all about brand and all about shouting so it's um interesting but yeah imagine if if we had all the um Fan wear from last year's golf. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Instead of the Miami stuff, which was quite simple and just had the word Miami on it, which yeah. I thought was a bit boring. Um, yeah, you could have really played with the logo and stuff on this as well and 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 got that in there. However, I have to say, sorry to be unpopular, I preferred the golf one. Sorry. Yeah, so that's I'm not unpopular. Yeah, I, I preferred the golf one, but I like this. I like the idea that we're doing something slightly different. Yes, you know, um, I don't don't really see many of the other teams doing anything like that. So, um, everything happens. Go, sorry, Mark. I think a lot of people's first question will be, "Who are OKX?" But isn't that what they want us to say? Yeah, I went went and downloaded the app to find out who the bloody hell they are. Okay, (laughs) because I was like, they only they only sponsor three three groups. One of them's Man City. One of them's us. Yeah. Um, oh I god, forget. I don't want to be linked to Man City. No, but they they're putting <laughs> a lot of money into McLaren. <laughs> they really are. Um, 
and I'm I'm happy if any company else put a lot of money into McLaren. But Andy's bang on right, by the way. What you said about if that's how we get the big sponsors and say you can have our race car for a weekend, yeah. you can yeah. brand it up. How many other teams are offering that? I I don't know any. And so we um, so we crowd funds putting our names on it. Yeah, <laughs> we can have the McLaren fans podcast logo along the side of the McLaren. <laughs> I think Miss Mary, you, you had might your hit name five hundred listeners an episode then. I've already had my name on the car this year. I mustn't be greedy. On on the Velo sponsorship, didn't you? Yeah, I did indeed. Yeah, yeah. But that's, I mean, that's the, that's the thing, isn't it? You know, uh, almost going back to like the Google wheels and stuff like that. If you can sell Ooh. something unique, then, you know, you're on to a winner straight away. Because we didn't sell it on, to didn't go to Google and say, oh, do you want to put Android on the side of our car? We went... Do you want your Google logo on our actual wheels? And they went, oh, that looked brilliant. So, and of course, it was it was Chrome as well for this one, wasn't it? Not Android. It was Chrome because they released the Chrome skin as well. Yeah, Yeah, you downloaded your Chrome McLaren skin. Uh, I'm on a Mac, so I I forgive you. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Right. Quick one. Uh, Let's just talk about. Less less about sort of McLaren at the Japanese Grand Prix. We didn't do particularly well. We got a point. Cheers. Um, but obviously, uh, Alpine did quite well. They looked quite pacey. Um, but there was, there was a point that you made, Sarah, to me um, earlier when we discussed what we wanted to talk about on here. And then I saw the video... After you'd said, I was thinking, oh, okay, fair enough. And then I saw the video of Gasly speeding past the tractor on track. Uh, when I say the tractor, I obviously don't mean the MCL 36, but the actual safety tractor that came out to... Uh, um, oh, Andy. Ooh. <laughs> um, but came out to uh, recover Science car. And given what happened in 2014... I don't know about you guys, but seeing anything like that sends shivers down my neck after that crash. It's unacceptable. I was so angry. Hmm. The the report that came out after Jules Bianchi's accident said there should never be a time when there's a recovery vehicle on track near a car in that situation. There, It's happened. The marshal's right there. And... And it's actually at the same place where that accident happened, for God's sake. I mean, it's just, yeah. I, w- I was stunned, I was shocked, I was annoyed, and uh, I thought it was almost disrespectful to Bianchi's memory. I understood why Gasly was so annoyed when he was um, being interviewed about it, and even though he then did, got the penalty and explained why that was. But one thing I really did note was how often do you see a driver get out of their car when there's a red flag and send a tweet immediately because that's what Lando did. And that's what some of the other drivers did. You've got to be pretty pissed about something in a red flag scenario, not to be stood with your team going over data, planning things, but to pick up your phone and tweet about how unhappy you are about it. So yeah, not good. I'm sure it'll be brought up the next driver's briefing, but like you say, it shouldn't even be a factor shouldn't even be anything to consider it should be and we can kind of you kind of might think oh well it's on you know it's 
Japan, it's only just happened once. Maybe it's a bit of an accident. But I think we've seen this a couple of times in the last sort of year, yeah. year or two. Yeah. And it always just, what on earth are you doing? Even under the safety car, I don't feel comfortable that a tractor should be on track because, you know, sorry to Roman Grosjean, but you can crash under the safety car when nobody's there and those cars will go under the the thing. You know, it's just, there is a risk. It's a small, minute risk, but there's a risk. And in the wet, with no visibility, there's spray, you can't see. It's it's just... it's a perfect storm. It's 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 there waiting to happen. So don't do it. Yeah, you guys get the feeling that since last year, um, the, the FIA just seem to have lost their nerve and they don't know what to do now when there's a sudden downpour. Because there was the confusion in Singapore as to how long the race was going to last. There was confusion in this one. Did it finish a lap early and so forth? Yep, yep. They just they just don't. It just feels like they don't know what they're doing. I always I mean, felt like maybe, we, maybe the protocols aren't good enough for it, but it's embarrassing. Charlie Whiting ruled and no one felt that they could question him or needed to question him. Yeah. He, he ruled the roost. We trusted him and we accepted what he told us because we knew he was a, a sensible, intelligent man that knew what he was doing and he knew the way to do this. Then yeah. you had Michael Massey came, come in who was unfortunately you know it's world mental health day so let's let's mention the fact that being bullied by people in your job isn't always going to make you make the right decision Mm -hmm. so whatever you think about Michael Massey things were not great for him he tried to do the right thing and as we know it didn't turn out that way now you've got a set of people who want to adhere to rules like telling you to take out a nose stud um, but there's other things that, that that they don't seem to have the balls to stick to, and it's it's confusing as a fan, and it it is bordering on embarrassing at times when we have to justify our sport to people who say, "Oh, what was that fiasco that happened at the weekend?" Then, and how often have we said that this year? So it's not great. Yeah, quite a few times. Right. Well, unfortunately, that's all we've got time for this week. Um, Thanks for joining us, uh, Mark, Andy, and Sarah. Uh, We'll be back in a couple of weeks' time, where no doubt we'll be debating a few more issues, (laughs) McLaren stuff, and and whatever else happens. Uh, And hopefully we can get some points in between there and then. Uh, Thanks for joining us.